0: The NHL season might be temporarily paused due to several COVID outbreaks, but there are a lot of intriguing storylines to talk about. Before we get to that, though, a snapshot of some of our favorite podcast memories because episode 300 is upon us and the fun starts right now. It's time to lace them up. Here's Brett and Steve. And welcome to the show, ladies and gentlemen. I'm Steve Ellsworth. I'm Brett Duboff. Before um, you can even say 300, Brett's 300 episodes. Hard to believe.
1: Yeah, I know. It's 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 crazy thinking about this. I was telling my mom just before we recorded it, I was just saying like we started in like 2015. Although I guess <laughs> technically I think that was back when we were doing Ultimate Hockey Network. Like, Lace Them Up was like yeah, the next year. Yeah, I think so it was
0: the... like eight to 10 weeks before we right. um, decided to do the Lace Them Up thing and rebrand a little bit. But yeah. uh, it was the Ultimate Hockey podcast to start. And I think it was the 2015 offseason when that began.
1: Right, right. Because I remember we mentioned, like, I, I vaguely remember we were talking about <laughs> if, like, the Oilers should trade the pick that would land then McDavid for some reason and then it was, <laughs> that was like the start of like that, that's kind of crazy um and then I also so I don't know I think it's it's interesting too because now that I'm like thinking back even though it was so long ago six years ago um but um I just remember like one of my first messages to you I don't know if you remember this but I I said that I think our goal is to get like, players on, and the, the white whale that I wanted to get on our podcast, which I guess could still happen, but uh, our white whale to get on our show was uh, Sidney Crosby, um, and I don't know if you remember this, but then you were saying, like, oh yeah, that, of course, like, like uh, that that's going to be quite quite the episode or something, like, uh, you kind of w- made it seem like it wasn't going to happen, which I guess, it's at this point, probably not, but... But at the same time, hey, Sydney Crosby, if you happen to be listening to this podcast, uh, we would love to have you on still. Um, and uh, it just like, you know, I, I think that was the idea of the show is just like two guys talking about hockey and, um, you know, I was I was hopeful that we could get like at least a couple of players on. Um, that would be awesome if we could get like a current NHL player on. But I think that's probably when we went the only thing on the, our sheet right now is our favorite moment of the podcast so far from our 300th episode. Um, I think it's just the two players that we were able to get one who was a prospect in Jack Adams. Um, he was awesome to talk to, and just like getting through through like what it's like to like prepare yourself to be in the NHL and what it was like to be drafted in there. And then we got another, like, almost the exact opposite of Louis LeBlanc, um, who was, um, you know, who was drafted in the first round um, all those years ago, had a lot of hype to him, but then never ended up making it. And, and yeah, it, it was just cool to, like, just the factor of the fact that we probably would have never have talked to these people um, if it wasn't for our podcast and I, I think it was just truly special and all that stuff. But of course I love just, you know, I, I think it's also something where like, we're not, we're, we don't have inside information like LA Freeman and Jeff Merrick have. We're not, we don't have like NHL experience like Ryan Whitney and Paul Bisonette have. Um, but we, you know, we're just two fans who just love talking about hockey clearly Um, to the point where I think a couple of times we like, we almost get close to three hours just talking about hockey. Um, and it just shows that it's just like, we could go on all day pretty much, but it's just, we have to keep the time constraints and all that stuff. So it's, it's, it's been fun just because it's a good outlet for me just to talk, to spill out what I've been thinking about on just the current events in hockey and just talking to someone that I've never met in real life. Um, but uh, but yeah, we, we I don't think we've ever actually argued ever. Um, so so yeah, I think that's something that we should uh, celebrate for sure.
0: Yeah, we've definitely had passion debates. I wouldn't call yeah. that arguments. Yeah um, yeah I wouldn't I
1: wouldn't I, yeah that, that's fair. I, I I think we've ever like we fought, but it's mostly just on like who's gonna win the Stanley Cup or like some <laughs> some weird prediction yeah, thing. But like yeah, it's not like. We thought about like anything serious.
0: Yeah, it's always been civil. Yeah, it's yeah. always been civil. We've we've kept it civil this entire time, which is good. Exactly. Um, taking a look at back at the past two hundred and ninety nine episodes, there are a couple of things that stick out to me. One of them is I think episode twelve or thirteen where we recorded it. Then the whole file was corrupted, and for whatever <laughs> reason, no one got to hear it. It never got right. to see the light of day. That was super early on. Um, I still have the lineup in front of me. I think Jonathan Drouin was, we were talking about Jonathan Drouin for some reason. I think maybe it would have been that contract extension with Montreal that he signed after. I'm impressed
1: that you know you, you still have that lineup of the last I episode. still have that
0: lineup, yeah. But yeah. no one's going to see uh, the, the light of day for that episode right. because the file is corrupted and yep. we don't have it. So Well, no, it wasn't um, that the so,
1: file was corrupted. It was that I just forgot to save it. And then when well, I... Yeah. Uh, then when I went to look back at it so I could edit it, um, <laughs> like, it just, uh, it stopped working. Or for some reason, like, right. something happened with my computer. But, yeah. Um, it was yeah, a good lesson for file me. Either way, Yeah. It, yeah. I, guess, I guess you're right. Yeah, that is a corruption. But, uh, yeah. But, uh, that, that, to give you more details, that's what, what ended up happening. Yeah.
0: It was, it was a mixture of that yeah. and the file was corrupted. I remember there were some tech issues with that. But, anyways,
1: I mean, um, I will, okay, sorry, go on.
0: Uh, I was just going to mention, uh, like you were elaborating with uh, Louis LeBlanc, the interview that we had with him. Um, I think that was shortly after our 200th episode, oddly enough, um, just looking back at the lineup and, um, shortly after that interview we were chatting with uh former red wings or uh, i shouldn't say former red wings um still
1: a prospect, but it was yeah. a while
0: back jack adams he was a yep. 2017 draft selection of uh, the red wings unsigned prospect at the time had gone through a lot of adversity on the ice off the ice um and just listening to both these guys share their stories Not every single path to pro hockey is the same. Not everyone gets to the pro hockey level. Some people, you know, get a little sniff of the pro hockey level. Others get very close to the pro hockey level, but don't necessarily make it to the pro hockey level. Every single career path takes a different turn. And it's not always as straight and narrow as you think it is. And to hear guys like Louis LeBlanc and Jack Adams open up to us and share their journeys and discover how they dealt with the obstacles placed before them It's something I will never forget no matter the lifespan of this podcast. And hopefully we'll have more conversations like those down the road because you get a lot more out of those discussions than just a stat sheet. It's one thing to react to what fans are seeing on the ice, what they think of the game, what they read in the newspaper. You get to know more about the person during those one-on-one conversations. And it's something you can't put a price on. It's a conversation that always sticks with you no matter what.
1: Yeah, no, for sure. And I I actually, by the way, I think it was last year, almost to the day, because we recorded those two just before uh, the shortened season last year.
0: Um, Yeah, if I remember correctly, the Jack Adams interview, I think it was happening just just as COVID was starting to hit. It was probably like March or April, I want to say, because I remember he was rehabbing. And there oh, were yeah, people yeah. going to him for fitness advice right, because right. all right. the gyms were closed.
1: But, but it was just before, like, it wasn't our 200th episode. Um, it was No, 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 That's no, right. it
0: was, it was, well, it was a fair bit after that, but it was like yeah. March, April, 2020, when everything was getting shut yeah, yeah, down
1: yeah, yeah, yeah. and, um, got it, got and it, no yeah. one was
0: doing much of anything in terms of extracurriculars.
1: Right, right, right. Um, but, uh, yeah, no, that's a good point. I'm now trying to find his Elite Prospects page just to see how he's doing. Um, but mm-hmm. when, you, when you mentioned the the file corruption uh, thing, that was a good lesson for me to, uh, uh, like, constantly just save as soon as we were done recording. <laughs> um, so it's, it's just become a habit to me now at this point. And, you know, I've done it for, you said it was episode 12, so... Yeah, I've been doing that for uh, two hundred, at least two hundred or more um, episodes now. Because uh, j- I don't think I've ever messed that up again. So, so that's it's actually that's
0: uh, actually episode sixteen was the last okay. episode, January twenty third, twenty sixteen. Okay. i um, actually opening up the lineup now. Um, uh, Jonathan Drouin, it was actually um, a sign that his time in Tampa Bay uh, was uh, winding down. It was uh, um, it was around the time where he, I think it was he didn't show up for a practice or a game. and uh, oh, that's they suspended right. Drouin yeah, there was definitely. that whole
1: controversy, yeah.
0: And the Canadians were also doing pretty poorly. So this was before the Drouin for Sergachev trade, but uh, it was a very interesting time for, for both teams. Uh, John Scott to the All-Star game, that was a yep. big one as well. Um, so yeah, just uh, some of the things that you that you won't get to hear, but on episode uh, 16 we did record that it, it yep. just didn't see the light of day, and we have
1: a streak of 284. Um, I did the math <laughs> of uh, yeah <laughs> of saving episodes. Um, mm-hmm. uh, the other thing I thought you might have mentioned, if we're going to low lights, uh, was the moment when I was recording while watching the Bruins get shellacked by the Blackhawks. And you could hear me visibly be upset while we talk, and I could I lost focus yeah. like halfway through just because I was so upset with the Bruins losing. Um, <laughs> and, um, I, I occasionally I watch things while we record, but that one was another good lesson for me of like, okay, maybe I should tone it down a little bit when I'm recording and take things a little bit more seriously. Um, but but it it was a it was a good episode just because it's like it was an in infinity because it was so different from everything else we've done. Well,
0: it was it was so different because we were like you're hearing our reactions in real time as it's yeah, happening. Obviously, exactly. stuff is happening in real time and we're reacting to stuff maybe before or after it happens. But. Yep. Um, It kind of turned from, like, a a typical recording to an almost live play-by-play of (laughs) (laughs) one of our teams just breaking down and getting their ass kicked.
1: Yeah, exactly. (laughs) Um, And then um, another one that I remember was more recently, and I guess it it kind of alludes to our next topic. But first, um, I do want to mention Happy Holidays. Um, I know Christmas was on Saturday. Uh, New Year's is going to be on Sunday, but, or, you know, next, next week, but, um, but yeah, it's, you know, I I guess, and I hope everyone's who's listening to this is safe and, and, um, snug and, uh, and all that stuff. But, uh, anyways, one of the ones that I also remember was we had an episode, uh, that we both look forward to because, uh, I think it was, uh, Dauber had a, Dauber Prospects had an article out, um, and they were trying to guess which players would eventually get 60 goals in a season, and, um, and so we had, like, about 20 names, and then, like, we decided beforehand that, like, we were each going to take three of these guys and, and talk about it, <laughs> we think that we're going to do it, <laughs> yeah, and then, uh, so, like, I, I guess I didn't know this beforehand, but, like, uh, Steve just had like a plan, like he had like a list of three players that he was going to pick. And this, I, I guess, this is kind of like a sign that we we're that we were we always thinking in the same way or on the same wavelength. But I picked Elias P- Peterson, and then I thought, cause then, because the whole point was is that you were supposed to pick someone different. But then, since if, you if I recall, this yeah. was
0: actually one of the times where he came very close to arguing. <laughs> yeah,
1: that, that, that's because you were
0: pretty annoyed by yeah, it. Yeah, I was, I and was, I was
1: legitimately annoyed by it because then I was just like, that, that defeats the whole purpose of this game. Um, mm-hmm. But I do remember it just because yep. it was just like, oh, you, you, you prepped before you you prepped all this stuff so you didn't like go on the fly in case I missed it. I thought I mentioned to you like okay it's fine if you do that but then you just have to like you maybe just have a backup plan in case I take one of your guys and and then you just ended up still going with Pedersen because uh because you just didn't have another uh player to talk about so Mm -hmm. so that was also imaginable but um but just from a low light standpoint, but yeah, it was definitely yeah. funny.
0: Yeah, it was also probably one of the funnier moments. It was
1: it was funnier well. just because, like, yeah, even though like now we can laugh at it, but it was I was I was pretty pissed off <laughs> at that point.
0: <laughs> By the way, uh, just an update on uh, Jack Adams, uh, John Adams. Oh, I was on, about to um, mention
1: that. Yeah, elite
0: prospects. Uh, when we were talking about him, he was uh, going to Providence College and ended up playing six games there. He is this year playing for the University of Notre Dame, a member of the Fighting Irish mm-hmm. now. And in 17 games, he has one goal and five assists for six points.
1: Yeah, I guess he didn't have a point in the, when he was playing for Providence. So yeah I, yeah, I guess maybe he was just rehabbing the injury and stuff like that. So then he would just then he goes to another school. Uh, so this is his third school in uh, three years. So yeah, who knows. Um, all right. So, anyways, uh, uh, so this is actually a topic that we've been trying to cover for quite a while, but there was always a bigger story that was needed to talk mm-hmm. about. Uh, of course, the COVID stuff, and I guess an update on COVID. Uh, they postponed um, for Monday as well. They post. I, I think before we recorded or after we recorded. Uh, they mentioned that they postponed pretty much all the games uh, last week, um, except for there was only two games last week. Um, so uh, this week, I guess there's probably gonna be a bit more, um, but yeah and it, uh, but um, and they took our advice because there was technically a pause, but um, but yeah, it, th- it seems like they're going to go on Tuesday. Um, and they officially, um, are not going to the Olympics. Um, and, yeah, we'll see how that works because I guess some arenas have some events already there. So, I'm not sure what they're going to do in terms of scheduling because, like, can they just put all the postponed games into that, like, two-week window now? I'm not necessarily sure. Um, yeah, and I-, I assume the All-Star game is also going to be canceled in order to make room uh, just... I I guess they, they just really want to end this season on time. Um, but, uh, but yeah, it it comes at a cost for sure. Um, but anyways, uh, they've been doing, uh, so, so yeah, we kept, we had this story of like dry and McDavid and Ovechkin were very, very hot. Um, and that they're, they're still on a hot pace, but they weren't at the time. I think like a month ago, we came up with this idea. Um, but then uh, Bruce Boudreau gets hired. The Flyers make a coaching change as well. The COVID stuff. Um, I think we were, it was up like this idea and the Lucas Raymond and Mo Sider Mo started getting going. And we were thinking like, what's more likely Mo Sider and uh, Lucas Raymond are going to drop off or and McD- uh and Ovechkin are going to drop off and, we kind of went with the Red Wings there, which maybe I, I haven't checked yet, but maybe <laughs> we were onto something there. Um, but but yeah, so now, like, I think at the time Dry Settle was on pace for like 170 points. Um, but now, I guess this is a good opportunity to mention it because games are on pause. Uh, temporarily speaking. But uh, Tri-Settles now on pace for 139 points, which is still pretty good. Um, the record so far, in the lo- the most points in the lockout era was 128 by Kucherov, just to keep that in mind in 2018-2019 season. Um, McDavid is also uh, on pace for uh, 139 points. Um, Ovechkin uh, is on pace for... I guess I should also say what their current stats are. Uh, Ovechkin's on pace for 124 points, which is pretty close to that 128 mark. Um, and uh, currently, McDavid and Drysaddle are tied with 49 points in 29 games. That's pretty unreal. Uh, although, both the Oilers have had struggles scoring lately, which is pretty interesting. So that's probably... They were on a even bigger pace, because at one point... Tricidal was like averaging two points per game, um, but uh, but it is kind of crazy that they both are doing. They have the exact same numbers right now during this pause right now. Um, Ovechkin's become unreal because um, it's not only that he's scoring goals because that's that's on. That, I mean that's like pretty usual. He's he's been doing this forever, but. The fact that he's also like doing assist, he has assists now. Uh, he has twenty five assists, twenty two goals. Uh, that's forty seven points, and he's doing this when Backstrom um, has been out for like two months. Um, so, and he's like a 39, 36 year old. Still, it's, it's like this is the best start that we've ever seen of Alex Ovechkin, um, in our career, which is, um. Which is kind of crazy to think about it, because he's already a first ballot Hall of Famer. Um, so, so it is pretty insane that he's doing so well. Um, also of note, um, Austin Matthews has 20 goals in 27 uh, games played. Um, I would like, so that's even crazy too, just because like he missed the first, um, I want to say eight games. Um, and 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 he like still continued to just get going right after that, um. So so it's just impressive that he like missed the preseason and all that stuff, and he's still, uh, going strong. Of course, he did win the Rocket Richard last year, um, where he had forty one goals in, uh, fifty two games. So um, so that that's still impressive, of course, and it's not like shocking that he's able to to still be up there in points and stuff like that. But, um, but I, I thought that was worth mentioning also worth mentioning, uh, the fact that Nasim Kadri, um, is fourth in these, uh, in this points, uh, race. Uh, he has 38 points in 24 games, um, which is in- pretty incredible. Um, I, I guess it, ha- a lot of it has to do with the fact that McKinnon, um, has been injured, McCarr has been injured for a bit too, but it's just incredible that he's been able to, like, he's fourth in points um, while he's out. You would think that uh, McKinnon would, you know, just the loss of McKinnon would affect things, but it hasn't. Anyways, I'm getting kind of sidetracked here. So, um, all that to say is that uh, it's going, it's like, we're we're set for a record amount of goals and points, um, just on all these guys, because um, all the like all four of those guys have um, more points than they have games, uh, so that's that's pretty cool. Um, so I just mentioned that the most points in a lockout era was one twenty eight by Kucherov, the most the highest goal totals we've seen in the lockout era has been 65 goals. um, And that was Ovechkin in uh, 2007 and 08. So Ovechkin, I guess, has a chance to get 65 goals, although he's on pace for 58 goals right now. Um, Anyways, assuming it's a full season, will we see a player with 70 goals this year?
0: Uh, I don't know, but uh, I think if if it... happens um this year's probably the best year to do it because i mean it, it, it's tough to say if, if this year is going to be a one-off i mean you look at some of the other uh impressive goal scoring runs that uh, we've seen like chris crowder 18 tallies in his first 30 games over a full 82 game slate that's 49 goals very uncharacteristic for him but definitely a welcome sight if you're a rangers fan Uh, You look at Andrew Mangiapane, who had a strong showing for Canada at the 2021 World Championships. Um, Hasn't skipped a beat so far. He's averaging the exact same goals per 82 as Chris Kreider. That would be 49. He's got 17 in his first 28 games this year. Uh, We've seen the likes of Ryan Hartman cooling off a little bit in Minnesota, but he's got 14 goals in 30 games. Very impressive for him. That's uh, 38 goals over 82 games. Uh, Troy Terry we talked about the role that he's been on he's got 18 goals his in his first 31 games that would be a 47 goal pace over 82 games uh, Kyle Connor is uh, near the top of the leaderboard in goals uh, Alex DeBrinkett's top 10 top 15 Josh Norris maybe we see him get 30 to 35 goals all this to say for whatever reason goal scoring is up this year and I don't know if it's just going to be one thing that stays for an entire season and uh, everyone talks about it for years and years onwards. Um, if there's a time to do it, it's probably now. And I would say the guy to do it is is Alex Ovechkin, I would say so, but also Leon Dreisaitl. Mm-hmm. I mean, you look at Leon Dreisaitl's power play point totals over a full 82-game season. 36 goals, 23 assists, 59 points. That's his power play projections over a full 82 games. For an average NHL player, that would be a good stat line across all situations over 82 games. And yet he's doing that on the power play with a 23.5 shooting percentage on pace for 277 shots, 65 goals. Um, So a 70-goal season, he'd probably be the guy to do it, especially when you have Connor McDavid on his team. Uh, guys like Zach Hyman and Jesse pooley adding a new dimension uh, to the mix. Um, in terms of uh, offensive perspective, Nugent Hopkins has also been piling up the points. Um, the nail in the coffin for Dreisaitl could be the limitations of Edmonton's power play. We all know how good their power play is. Uh, we talked about at length how good their power play is when it's working. And if you take away the power play, how average of a team Edmonton can be. And it's been that way so far this year. Um, Just looking at the even strength lines that tri has been on, he's a part of, more often than not, a line that features Ryan Nuchin Hopkins and Kaler Yamamoto. And I mentioned that one of the conditions for him getting 50 goals is how much playing time he gets with Connor McDavid. He spent 42.1% of his total even-strength ice time to date with Nugent, Hopkins, and Yamamoto. That line in normal situations has an 11-8 advantage on the scoreboard. 11-8, so plus three. Pretty good. But that line has also been outshot 125-88 to in those normal situations. Now you take a look at Leon Dreisaitl's even-strength time on a line with Jesse Pugliarvi and Connor McDavid. That's 27.1%. Goal cool differential for that line is 11-7, so plus four, slight improvement. But the shot clock reads 96-74, favoring the Oilers, an upgrade over his regular line by a fair significant margin. And this is just even strength. You look at his damage on the power play. Leon, McDavid, Newton Hopkins, Zach Hyman. That
1: mm-hmm.
0: quartet on special teams... Outscored teams so far 14 to 1 on the scoreboard and outshot teams 76 to 13. Another quartet featuring Newton Hopkins, Drysidle, McDavid, and Pooley-Arvey has outscored opponents 11 to nothing and outshot them 53 to 2 in the process. So again, if the power play is there, I can definitely see Drysidle getting close to 70 goals, but if he makes it only just I think if you take away that power play, Edmonton is still uh, an average team. Ovechkin, I think it's definitely likely that it happens. The only thing slowing him down are a couple of things, actually. First of all, his age. Because, again, we're talking about Ovechkin, age 36, age 37. You're expecting to see sort of regression hit. Like even Wayne Gretzky. Ten goals, if he's lucky, and 60 to 70 points – That was his final three seasons in the NHL. Again, pretty good for an aging veteran, for sure. But Gretzky-level good? Not really. Alex Ovechkin, age 36, age 37. You have guys like Tom Wilson and TJ Oshie and Anthony Mantha that can pick up the scoring pace. Uh, Washington's biggest success point, I would say, has been depth scoring in previous years. I don't think it's really been as big of a strength for them this year so far. But the rate Ovechkin is scoring at, who really cares? Ovechkin's pointing the puck in the net. Somebody is. That's definitely a good sign. And this is why I think Ovechkin hitting 70 goals is more likely. It's because he doesn't really rely on power play success compared to McDavid and Dreisaitl. For example... Just looking at the numbers, Saddle, we mentioned 36 goals, 59 points on the power play. That's his projection over a full 82 games. For McDavid, it's 14 power play goals, 62 power play points over a full 82 games. Even someone like Austin Matthews, where you have Marner and Tavares and Nylander on the Leafs, giving you all the time and space that you need to do damage, he's on pace for 24 goals and 46 points on the power play. For Ovechkin... 13 goals, 13 assists, 26 points on the power play, which is low in comparison to those guys. However, he's still on average for 58 goals, 383 shots. To put that into perspective, that would be the most in a single season since he got 398 in 2015-16, shots on goal that is. Again, mid-30s Ovechkin we're talking about. He ranks top five in hits since since his NHL career began in 05-06. It's not like he rubs people along the boards. He actually hits hard. He shoots the puck hard. He shoots the puck hard with precision. All of that is still there with the same intensity. And yet, you're looking at a guy that's on pace for his highest goal season, single goal total, since 08-09, one year before... A Capitals team put up 300-plus goals and easily won 50 games. Like, how how crazy would it be for Ovechkin in his late 30s to have a 70-goal season? Like, nobody expected that. I I fully expected, like everyone, Ovechkin's probably going to get 30 to 40 goals because he's Ovechkin. He's just that good. He's that rare of a hockey talent. And if he can do it, he certainly can but having a career year potentially in your mid 30s that that's something if we see once we consider yeah. ourselves blessed like you just don't see that every day
1: yeah it's it's interesting too cuz i feel like well as i mentioned before it's just the not only is he scoring goals right now but the fact that he's also Having assists too, it just makes him like he's he's suddenly like just a different player. Um, and you know, I think we all had expected the Capitals to kind of uh, you know, kind of along the same lines as the Penguins and the Bruins of just like you know, go back into the mediocrity, and I guess that could still happen, but just the fact that Washington's still pretty good, and a lot of that has to do with Ovechkin, and the fact that like you know, it's Backstrom has only played a couple of games, um, and, uh, and all that stuff. So it's just, um, it's, it's kind of amazing that we've been able to see, um, Ovechkin get this like second life, quote unquote, because he never really, you know, died, quote unquote. So, um, so it's, it's, um, so yeah, it's just incredible to see that he's able to do this as a 37 year old. Um. Also, um, I I feel like he's he's just trying. Like I think all when he signed that contract uh, this off season, I think we all like expected like okay, he's just doing this so that he can uh, reach Gretzky. He doesn't have anything else to approve um, to prove in his life. It would be pretty cool to see him get um, eight ninety four uh, eight ninety five, which would be one more than Gretzky had um, in terms of goals. But now it's just like, like he might, You know, it's just. I feel like the all this like pause time that we've had. It's like the lockouts that he's missed out on. It's just like I feel like we would have. We would. He would have been even closer to Gretzky if not like beating Gordy Howe, which had eight hundred and one goals. Um, so, so yeah, I, I think it's it's definitely possible that we'll see him beat out Gordy Howe, who has who's second now, but I'm not sure if he'll beat out Wayne Gretzky because he has a few more. I guess he has to have like 150 more goals left and who knows how long it will take him for that. Um, But, uh, sorry, I I knew you just took a pause there. Um, I know, (laughs) um, uh, I, I know in terms of to answer my, the question here, I think, uh, you know, it's tough. I, I think we we could see a 70-goal season this year. Um, and I think... Yeah, I, I, I think uh, if if a player's going to do it, I'm going to go with... I don't think we'll get Ovechkin, but I think we'll get Dr- Dreisaitl. I wouldn't be shocked if it's Ovechkin just because he's been really hot, but I think Dreisaitl has a chance He had 70 goals. craziest thing about Dreisaitl is... He's not even the best player on his own team. And it's just crazy that he he has a chance to be, uh, to get 70 goals, even though, like, McDavid is on his team. And I'm sure it definitely helps that, you know, McDavid is um, on his team and all that stuff with, like, being on the line. And defenses have to worry about McDavid, so they pay less attention to dry and all that stuff. But at the same token, it's just like, I feel like Drycidadal is one of the best uh, players in the league, um, obviously and, and, and no doubt probably is the second best player in the league, um, but it's it's hard to prove just because McDavid's on the team. Um, but yeah, I, I think if I don't think we'll see two, but I think we have Drycidadal. I am rooting hard for Matthews to to get 70 goals. But I think just because he missed a couple of games um, already, uh, he's he's probably going to miss out. But um, but it would be pretty awesome if he got. I think um, he's on pace for 70, uh, 50 goals in seventy two games. Um, so or the, like if he if he remained healthy for the rest of the year, he would make seventy two games. So it would be pretty awesome if he was able to get 70 goals in 72 games. But I don't think that's going to happen as awesome as Austin Matthews is.
0: Yeah, I, th- I think it's more along the lines of if settle does it, it'll still be impressive. Yeah. But I think it'll be more impressive if Ovechkin does it, just because of his age. Of course. Because... He hasn't had Backstrom there due to injury and COVID. And you've also had to rely on Kuznetsov to be a good substitute, which full credit to Kuznetsov, he has been. He's been a good number one center for them. But you consider the past couple of seasons, and he wasn't necessarily on the the right track. um, And it appears he's uh, resurrected his career a little bit uh, in terms of point production. with with Dreisaitl, he's scoring with a higher degree of efficiency he's got a deadly Oilers power play and he's got Connor McDavid so like that's three strengths right there where he can score goals at rapid pace Ovechkin I think there are going to be more factors stacked against him which will which will um, make it even more special if he's the guy to get 70 goals before Dreisaitl does um not not again and not because he's a better player than Sell, but just because of the odds facing both players of reaching 70.
1: Yeah. Uh, so the highest goal totals we've seen um, in the lockout era, as I mentioned before, was 65 goals by Ovechkin in uh, 2007. Um, how many 60 goals seasons might we see? I, I think Dreisaitl and Ovechkin could beat that. We might even see mm-hmm. Matthews get 60 goals in 72 games. I could see that happening as well. But um, but I, I, I'm going to wager that we'll see those three hit 60, at least, this
0: year. Yeah, it's it's going to be tougher because of the pause and, like, right. guys that were on Remember hot streaks before yeah. the pause, they could be slowed down because Fair. they haven't been on the ice for a couple of weeks. Um, others, it'll just be the mental break that they need and they'll just start off hot and keep going. Yeah. Um, so it'll be interesting to see how the, the pause impacts things, and if uh, the NHL goes down the road of shortening the season by just a tad, even if it's by like five to ten games, maybe it's not the complete eighty-two games that Bettman wanted. It it all depends on how soon the NHL gets gets going and how team schedules are impacted by that, and and a bunch of things. Um, but I definitely think I definitely think uh, there's a chance you could see an absurd amount of 40-plus goal campaigns. Uh, there are a lot of guys on pace for at least 40 right now.
1: Well, yeah, I, I feel like that's not as impressive. Um, maybe 50 goals, but, yeah, like Kyle Connor, Troy Terry, Chris Kreider, uh, McDavid, DeBrincat, um, Mangio Pawnee. Oh, now I'm just listing players here. But, <laughs> um, but yeah, I could see a lot of them, like, even hit 50 goals. Um and, and yes, and this comes with the caveat, assuming it's a full season, um, so mm-hmm. all that stuff. But yeah, you have a point, like, even during this pause, like, you know, hot streaks tend to end and all that stuff, so who knows if, um, and, and maybe some of these players catch COVID and all that stuff, so um, there's a yeah. lot of uh, factors that we don't know at the time right now, too. And to really and even
0: something. if, like, we see five or six players get, like, 50-plus goals, that's pretty insane. Like it was, it was just impressive at one point in the past five or 10 years, it was just impressive to see two people do it in the same season to potentially have like five or six people do It's crazy.
1: Yeah. Um, And then our last question here, I guess we kind of have a short episode. Um, Will we see someone beat Kucherov's one to 28 points? Could we see more than one? Uh, currently, we have Dryshtel and McDavid who are on pace for one thirty nine points. Um, Ovechkin is the next closest with one twenty four. So, but I guess that that's that is to say that it is definitely possible. Um, Kadri who has the fourth most in points, but he's he's on pace for one hundred and fifteen points. Um, so, so that seems uh, like he probably won't at 129 if he picks it up Um, and let's see here Kaprizov is on cool thing about ESPN I don't know if you know this but they um, if you go to their player page they tell you the projected numbers so that's how I'm finding out all these projected numbers Uh, Kaprizov who's the 5th in points right now is on on pace for 98 points in 82 games so um, so I guess that's um, so, I guess, I guess the question should be, how many hundred points guys will we see? Assuming it's a full season, I I, I think if McDavid and Drysaddle and Ovechkin, um, you know, if they reach that fifty goal mark um, or sixty goal mark, then yeah, I think it's pretty clear that they'll get a hundred points because then it'll be assumed that they can they'll get like at least thirty assists or something at this rate. Um, so, so yeah, I could definitely see them uh, reaching that mark. Um, I don't think we'll see any of them else. As impressed as I am about Kadri um, and Matthews, I don't think they'll, they'll get a hundred points. Um, but, um, but yeah, I, I, I don't know. I, I, it's hard, it's tough for me to say who will actually get the most points at the end of the year. Maybe I, I would assume McDavid would, but, um. But yeah, it's tough to say that when Drysaddle has the exact same numbers, um, as well.
0: Yeah, I think any impossible feat these days starts and ends with Connor McDavid, and if anyone can do it, it's probably him. I mean, you look at how he started off this year—17 um, straight games with at least a point. Yeah, uh, a six straight multi-point game streak to start the year. Um, in terms of multi-point games. 17 of his first 29 games, seven times he got a single point, five times he was just held off the score sheet completely. Um, And all of that has happened over the past month, which kind of tells you how the Oilers have kind of slid off a little bit. Um, But even still, this guy has the ability to take over any stage of a hockey game and likewise with his team and just find a way to make it his game. Uh, in his second game of the year, he had eight shots. He had uh, seven shots his fifth game, then nine in his sixth, nine in his seventh. And then there are times where like he can get four or five shots and still get a hat trick. Uh, that, that's just how good he is. And it all goes back to his deceptiveness on the ice. The fact that teams can't really find a way to completely stop him in his tracks. They, they just contain him, and that's the best they can do. If they hold him to, like, a point or two and they win the game, that's probably the closest thing to a victory is you'll get when you face Connor McDavid and the Oilers. He's just that good. So uh, if anyone can surpass Kucherov, it'll probably be McDavid. It honestly wouldn't surprise me if he does it multiple times when you consider that he's only entering the prime of his career. Like, this kid is still... A, a couple years away from like what 26 27 years old, this, this guy really is truly the limit for McDavid and his capabilities. And when you have all of that all star talent around him, there's no telling just how good he can be,
1: yeah, yeah, for sure. Um, all right, so so yeah, I guess it's uh, it's kind of another short episode from us here, uh, but. Uh, but yeah, it's, it's, it's so I guess it is weird that our 300th episode might be one of the shortest episodes we've ever done, but that's, that's okay. Um, we're, we're having fun here. Um, I, I hope you guys are enjoying the world juniors that started today, a boxing day. Um, and yeah, I hope you guys are staying safe and, and all that stuff and happy holidays. Um, you can follow us on Twitter at lace up podcast our Facebook is lace em up uh you can subscribe to us on SoundCloud I- I- iTunes uh, Spotify wherever else you get your podcast that's about it I'm Brett Duboff
0: I'm Steve Ellsworth we'll talk again in episode 301 of the Lace em Up podcast